All right, all right, all right. Welcome, everybody, to the Life Point Table Talk podcast. My name is Jason, and today I'm joined by the lovely Pastor Katrina. So good to be with you today. And today we are going to be doing our uh, well, at Life Point, we started a Bible reading plan uh, to read the Bible in one year. And uh, what we're going to do is give a reflection on the, the reading for the week. Uh, so we're a little behind. We started uh, January 2nd, I believe it was, a Sunday. And uh, so today we're going to do week one, and we'll try to keep up and... Uh, keep having these reflections uh we just really want uh people basically to engage with the word and uh and uh to enjoy it and, and absolutely uh, let it uh feed your spirit so we got a lot to go over here today so we're going to jump into it this week we got genesis one chapter one through 19 and matthew one through six so let's start off here genesis chapters one and two this, of course, uh, chapters 1 and 2 deal with creation. And Genesis actually, the word Genesis actually means beginning. Moses, we know, is the author. And Genesis is really an introduction to the whole Bible because Genesis introduces us to our eternal God, the Creator, who in the beginning created the heaven and the earth. In the process of creation, we see here that God said and God saw. You'll see that throughout chapter 1. And the principle here is this, what we say is what we will see. Hmm. God created animals, sea creatures to reproduce after their kind. I think that's interesting too to note that. And then of course, God created man and woman in his image and God blessed them and told them to replenish the earth and have dominion over the earth. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really interesting to me. Uh, they had a job to do. Yes, they did. They weren't just sitting around uh, right away. They had a they had uh, work, purpose. But it was fulfilling work, purpose, purpose. purposeful work. He gave them purpose. He did. And um, there's been a lot of debate over these first two chapters. Um, they've been uh, examined and talked about a lot. Uh, but but for me, in a in a kind of simplistic way. Uh, it's basically saying, you know, God is the source of life. He's the source of creation. Before we get into any debate about the age of the earth or or uh, evolution or anything like that, it's just saying he's the source. Well, I think that's it. If we yeah. know God is the source, and that's what it says, in the beginning, God. Mm -hmm. And if we understand that God is the source, then everything else will flow together yeah. and it was good and it was good and sometimes he said it was very good yeah everything he did was good we serve a good god right okay we'll keep moving along here chapter three we get into the fall the fall of man is that right yes we do the temptation and fall of adam and eve yeah and then of course the judgment on sin yeah but God always comes to the rescue. He gives the promise of restoration and the promise of a redeemer. Yeah. And there's, these chapters, these early chapters of Genesis are so dense. There's so 
incredible how much information is just packed in a couple of lines. Um, it gets into all kinds of stuff. We don't have time. I mean, you could spend your life just uh, studying Genesis, really. Um, the serpent shows up at that point. He hasn't been there before. Right. Um, Genesis is as uh, informative, and it's also a bit mysterious. It doesn't explain everything uh, in super detail. No. Um, there's some broad strokes there probably going on, Yeah, I, w- I would say. Well, and But also it gets to, like part of it kind of feels fairy tale-ish, um, but there's also it resonates, uh, for me at least, a deep truth in humanity of, of our of our human experience. Well, it shows you the frailty of man, too. Mm. The temptation and the fall of Adam and Eve. Uh, and, and when there is sin, there's always judgment on sin, but God always makes a way to restore. And that's the beautiful thing about it. Yeah. And we see Cain and Abel, their, their sons, and then their son Seth in chapter 4, and then chapter 5, uh, Adam's family record. The genealogy of Adam. He was 930 years. Yes. But it's interesting in looking at his genealogy, you see the first rapture. Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him up with him. I think that's so cool. Just says he was no more. He was no more. I love that. (laughs) Then you see the longest living man, Methuselah. Yeah. 969 years. Look at the length of life that people lived in those days. And this was after right after the fall, after Adam and Eve had been put out of the garden. But still, that life of God was in them to the point that their life, lifelong living was so wonderful. And I, I skipped a little bit ahead here, but our reading plan is cool because it does uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Yes. So we have a reading in Genesis and Matthew. So let's take a let's take a look over at Matthew. Okay, it's interesting. Genesis is the beginning, and then Matthew also has a beginning. Yeah. By the way, Matthew's name means gift of God, and he was the tax collector that Jesus called to be one of his disciples, and he wrote primarily to the Jews, and he shares many Old Testament prophecies to prove that Christ was their Messiah. So he starts with the genealogy of Jesus. Yeah, I thought that was cool because reading these at the same time, uh, these genealogies are important. And he's, he's immediately connecting it to this larger story yes. that's going on. He connects it right with the Old Testament, goes yeah. right into it. I think that's so cool. Yeah. And he shares from, uh, the, begins there with the birth of Christ, and he shares from Joseph's perspective. The angel appearing to Joseph in a dream, telling him not to be afraid to take Mary as his wife and to name the baby Jesus. So we see that. And then, of course, in chapter 2 of Matthew, we have the visit of the wise men. And it's very interesting to me that God visits Joseph in three dreams. One, he the first one, to number one, was telling him about uh, not to be afraid to marry to take Mary as his wife, but then he has three more, telling him, warning him to flee to Egypt, then to return to Israel, and then to go to Nazareth, and it fulfilled prophecy that Jesus was called a Nazarene. Mm -hmm. So it's so cool how the Bible confirms. Yeah, it's definitely, 
uh, referencing a lot. Like what we just read in Genesis there. This immediately is is referencing uh, that original creation story. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, well, and then we get into, well, let's go back to Genesis. And uh, in chapter 6 through 8, we see the story of Noah. We all know the story of Noah. Uh, and by chapter 6, evil, tells us now, has overtaken mankind. But remember, there's always the Redeemer. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Yeah. God's mercy. God's yeah, mercy. I, and I have to say this. Uh, I love this part because I like uh, science fiction and ancient aliens and stuff. And people always geek out about... Uh, it talks about the sons of God married daughters of humans and Nephilim and all that stuff. And it just almost mentions it in passing. Yeah. Like, it's not, <laughs> like oh, yeah, this other crazy thing happened, too. Yeah. There's so much. If, if you're reading it quickly, you could skip over just this whole, uh, like, what? This whole wild. Yeah. There's uh, a real debate about that, whether it was actually fallen sure, angels sure. or whether it was evil men or whatever the only thing they have a difficult time is uh explaining the giants yeah. the average man in that day was about five foot three mm -hmm. and these giants were anywhere from nine to twelve foot tall mm -hmm. which was unheard of which would yeah. even be unheard of today you would yeah. say something's wrong here well i just mentioned it just for for because this is in popular culture at this point yeah with all this uh ancient alien stuff uh this that particular chapter is uh, where some of that comes from. Well, some believe that's why the flood came, to destroy yeah. that, because yeah. it had become so perverted. But God's mercy, Noah, there'd never been rain, so Noah builds an ark. What's an ark, God? He gives yeah. him instructions and, and tells him to bring the animals in, and, and Noah and his wife and their three sons and their wives were saved from the flood. Yeah. Of course, chapter 7, the flood and this devastation. Chapter 8, the flood ends. And this is beautiful. The, you see Noah builds an altar before the Lord, showing his love and devotion to God. And that's what you see about these men. That's why he was spared, was because his heart was toward God. And then, of course, we go back to Matthew. Matthew, the third chapter, we have now the preaching of John the Baptist. And Jesus is baptized by John, and you see the Trinity revealed through God speaking, this is my beloved Son, the Holy Spirit descending as a dove, as Jesus is baptized. And then we go on continuing to read about Noah and God's covenant with Noah. Uh, and we know what his covenant was. What was it? The rainbow. Yeah. And every time I see a rainbow, I think of that covenant. Yeah. And then, of course, the family line of, of Noah, which was his son, Shem, Ham, and Jepheth. Uh, chapter 11 is interesting. It's the Tower of Babel. <laughs> yeah. You know, as men begin to multiply on the earth, they begin to rebel. That's what the Babel means. They mm. rebelled. And it's interesting the way they rebelled. Um, God says over and over, multiply and fill the earth. And they just wanted to stay all together in this one place. 
But the reason to stay together was to rebel against God. Isn't but even in that, that was a rebellion. They weren't going out and filling no, up the they earth. Were not. They were just staying there. But in God's mercy, he confounds their languages so they'll obey him. Isn't that and interesting? And then he spreads them out. He does. He, has he a just does. <laughs> like little kids, he just <laughs> takes over there. Well, the word babble, by the, by the way, means confusion of voices. So mm-hmm. he confused their voices. So they went with who they could understand. I think mm-hmm. that's so cool. Yeah. Then we go to Matthew 4 in the New Testament, and it's Jesus in the wilderness, 40 days being tempted of the devil. And how does he overcome? Through speaking the word. It is written. We see Jesus preaching, repent or change your mind, change your thinking, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We see him begin to call his disciples and minister to great multitudes. And there's a very interesting uh way that Jesus, he would teach, preach, and heal. Mm -hmm. And I think if we could understand that, he'd make the word clear, he would call them to repentance, and then he would heal. So I think that's so cool. Yeah. And and, uh, I just want to point out in the, where were we, Genesis 12, I think, there? Mm It goes another genealogy all the way up to Abraham. I know. (laughs) But that's where Matthew starts. Oh, that's so Matthew starts at Abraham. So it's right there. The line keeps going all the way to Jesus. That is beautiful. Matthew starts Abraham all the way to Joseph. And we have genealogies all the way to Abraham from Adam. So that's that's really cool to me. Yeah. Well, chapters 12 through 17 deal with Abraham and Sarah. And uh, God calls Abraham, of course, to leave his country, everything he's ever known, and to follow him to a place he's going to take him, he's obedient. And in a way, it's kind of like that with us, don't you think? Yeah, our absolutely. Life, he's, he calls us to trust him, that he's going to lead our life. And, you know, Abraham builds an altar to God, showing his love and dedication. Uh, and you know that Abraham is known for building altars to God. Hmm. That I think that's so cool. If you read through those chapters, you'll find almost every chapter he builds an altar. Yeah. And, and, and he he builds them and then travels on and then he comes back. Yes. To where he was. And it's places where he encounters God. Yes. He builds a Calls altar. him Bethel and mm-hmm. the house of God and this is mm-hmm. so beautiful. Yeah. Well, he, God so blesses him. Now, he had taken his nephew Lot with him. They are both so blessed. They can't even stay together on the same land. Yeah, they have to separate. Room. Not enough room for him. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. And he would not have strife. That's something about Abraham. Mm-hmm. He said, Lot, whatever you want, you've got. And what's he, what does Lot want? He sees the bright lights of Sodom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, after that separation of Lot and Abraham is when God confirms his covenant with Abraham. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what's what's amazing here, uh, and uh, fifteen six, uh, Genesis fifteen six, it said Abraham believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. So this concept of faith is that's why he's the father of our faith. Absolutely, right there. He just believed him and did it. Did it. There's so much weight and importance and just this simple thing of believing yeah. him and doing what he asked. And if that was true for Abraham, it's true for us. Right. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. If we believe God, it's counted to us. For righteousness means being a right standing with God. Right. That's beautiful. 
in chapter 14, it's very interesting. Uh, Abraham ends up having to rescue Lot. I think it's so fascinating. He had 318 trained servants of war. Mm-hmm. Think how many people he had with him, yeah. Abraham. Yeah, it wasn't a small it caravan. No, he it had a was not. Huge. Oh, but he meets Melchizedek. Yeah. Which is the king and the high priest of Salem, when Salem means Jerusalem, by the way. And he speaks a blessing over Abraham, and Abraham tithes of all that he has, T-I-T-H-E-S, which means he gave 10% of everything he had, and it was before there was ever any law of tithing. Mm-hmm. And Melchizedek, is, of course, is a type of Christ, both king and high priest. So I think that's interesting. Yeah, he's, he's one of my favorite sort of mysterious characters that shows up out of nowhere I and know. then disappears and then he tells you about it again in hebrews yeah who he was so i yeah. think it's fascinating and then we have the story of hagar the egyptian maid and her son ishmael and you know god cared for hagar and i think that's so beautiful mm. and we see circumcision becomes the sign of the covenant and today we would call it circumcision of the heart mm. Uh, the inward that was the outward sign of the covenant today we have the inward sign of the covenant circumcision of the heart then we go into the new testament matthew 5 jesus teaching and he taught on the beatitudes and those are the beautiful attitudes of blessing (laughs) the the sermon on the mount sermon on the the most famous messages ever just that message i think was revolution revolutionary for the whole planet yes and still is today that's and it's interesting when he's talking about because he's preaching kingdom but it's good good news it's uh the kingdom coming is good news especially to these people who are hearing it when you hear kingdom it means the king's dominion it means christ is taking dominion over your life or over your situation or whatever. Understand that. The kingdom from heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done. Yeah, and there's there's so much in just chapter 5 alone. Oh, my goodness, uh, yes. That's uh, We can't get into all of that. Uh, he talks about salt and light. And, again, he, he connects himself to the Old Testament there about fulfilling the prophets. Absolutely. And the law, again, connecting... Uh, it would be one thing if he showed up and said, you know, don't listen to that old old book, that yeah. old story. It's, you know, antiquated. But he doesn't. No. He, he I actually came to fulfill the law. gives it respect and yes, weight. Yes, he does. Uh, which is why we do. And he changes everything, too, when he says, love your enemies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he just starts turning things upside down. Upside down. Well, we have the final day here. Uh And this is in chapter 18 in the Old Testament, Genesis 18. I think it's fascinating that Abraham feeds angels. He sees them Mm. come and invites them in. And actually, many theologians believe that it was God and two angels. Mm. And someone asked the question, what would you feed God if he came to your house for dinner? Yeah, Yeah, I love that whole uh, uh, section because it seems so uh, real just natural uh he's kind of running around all worried yeah. and yeah make some stay to eat and we're having steak yeah we're having uh we're having bread we're having yeah. butter and it's amazing too <laughs> there's a part there where sarah sarah laughs 
about uh, God saying they're going to have a son. Yeah. I'm too old. And uh, he calls her out on it. I know it. She so. tries to lie and say she didn't. Who like, I, I love those natural, just very uh, human parts of the stories. And God knew it, too. Yeah. And even though she laughed, he still gave him a son. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And they named him Isaac, which means laughter. Yeah. Yeah. It comes up again. <laughs> the, the laughter there. Oh. Uh, awesome. Well, we see that Sodom and Gomorrah gets destroyed. And... Uh, but because of Abraham's intercession, Lot and his family are rescued by two angels. And then closing out for this week, we read Matthew 6. Jesus continues his teaching on having giving and prayer, being in prayer should be in secret, not out on the, you know, the side of the, not out on public. The Lord's Prayer, fasting, laying up our treasures in heaven. And I love how it ends. Put God's kingdom first. Seek yeah. first God's kingdom then all these other things will be added to you. Yeah, it's amazing. So that's a beautiful way to end the week. Awesome. I hope you all can uh, keep up with the the reading plan we have. It's on our app, and uh, it's the Bible in a Year, the five-point app. And uh, come back, and uh, next week we'll have uh, week two. So thanks for checking in. Hope you all have a great day. Great week. All right, peace.